Picture the Apostle Peter outside of Caiaphas's house, warming his hands by the fire in the courtyard. They've arrested his friend Jesus and placed him in a dungeon below the residence of the high priest. Someone notices Peter and suggests he was one of Jesus' followers. Then another said the same thing, and then another. Three people identify Peter, and three times he vehemently denies his association with Jesus. Then the rooster crows, and Peter remembers his friend's prediction. Fast forward to a scene on the beach overlooking the Sea of Galilee. Three times the resurrected Jesus says to Peter, Do you love me? Then feed my sheep. Like Peter, do you need a second chance? I'm Ron Jones. Something good starts right now. Do you need a second chance from God today? He's more than willing to give it. How badly do you want it? Hello and welcome to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor of Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. I'm Brian Davis, thanks for joining us. Today, Ron wraps up his series, Believe, the Miracles of Jesus, with a powerful message about God's mercy. He stands ready and willing to help us rebound from our mistakes. But for that to happen, we have to make a few choices of our own. Online, you'll find us at somethinggoodradio.org where you can listen to the broadcast on demand on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. From John chapter 21, here's Ron with part two of his Something Good Radio message, The Second Chance Miracle. And in that threefold exchange, he's not only giving him a second chance and restoring him given the three times that he denied him, but he's also saying, Simon, Peter, you're not quite where you need to be. You're not all that. You're not all that you thought you were. In fact, did you notice earlier, he doesn't refer to him as Peter. He calls him Simon. Simon, son of John, do you love me? That had to sting just a little bit because Simon was who he was before he met Jesus. Peter... Peter was the rock upon which, you know, the church would be built. Peter, upon this rock, you know, I will build my church. And the subtle suggestion here is, Peter, you're, you're, not, you're not the rock I see you becoming quite yet. You have a way to go and you have a way to grow. And let's start with your love for me. That needs to deepen a little bit more. Let me ask you a question. Do you love Jesus? Uh, you know, the, the answer is, well, of course, Pastor. Oh, how I love Jesus, we used to sing. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus because he first loved me. We used to sing that all the time in church. The question is, do you really love Jesus? If our love for Jesus is just an ooey-gooey feeling, that isn't going to cut it, friends. That isn't what we're talking about. In fact, let me give you a little pop quiz. It's in your notes there. I know you didn't come to church to take a test this morning, but we're going to take a test that tests our love for Jesus, and we're going to use a biblical standard for that love. Just five, five questions, and this is just between you and the Lord. You don't have to turn this in at the end of the message. But number one, do you love God's Word? Do you love His Word? Psalm chapter 119 and verse 97 
which is the largest chapter in the Bible, 176 verses. Every one of the verses from the psalmist there, uh, Psalm, uh, the psalmist David, uh, mentions the Word of God. It's a very unique place in Scripture. And in Psalm 119 and verse 97, David breaks out and he says, Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all day long. David declares his love for the Word of God. He can't get enough of it. And I remind you, all he had was Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy at that time. His love for God's Word included his love for Leviticus. Do you love God's Word? Secondly, do you desire intimacy with God? You say you love Him, but is it more of just a, I love you, man, a little side hug there? Or do you say like the psalmist in Psalm chapter 42 and verse 1, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul pants after you, O God. I'm thirsty for you. I'm parched without you. Number three, do you hate evil? I know that's a strong word, but listen to the words of Scripture. Psalm 97 and verse 10, oh, you who love the Lord hate evil. You say that you love God, but do you hate evil with an equal passion? Any hint of it in your life, your love for God just outpaces and overshadows any desire for any evil way. Romans 12 and verse 9 says, abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. Number four, do you keep His commandments? Boy, here's where it really gets convicting. John chapter 14 and verse 15, Jesus just said point blank to His disciples on the night before He was crucified there in the upper room. He says, if you love Me, feel gooey about it. No, He says, if you love Me, keep My commandments. If you love Me, keep my commandments. In Luke 6 and verse 46, he said it even more plainly. He says, why do you call me Lord and do not do what I tell you to do? Oh, that's a powerful question, isn't it? How can we sing, oh, how I love Jesus, and yet there are areas of our life where we're walking in disobedience? We're not doing what Jesus tells us to do. How dare we say, I love Jesus? Well, maybe not as much as we think. Maybe we're not all that. Maybe our love needs to mature and deepen and grow as we move toward this second chance. And then finally, do you long for Jesus' return? I'm talking about His second coming. Second Peter or Second Timothy chapter 4 and verse 8 talks about one of the five crowns that are mentioned in the New Testament. This is called the crown of righteousness that will be handed out to believers at the judgment seat of Christ, and it's given to those who, listen to this, love His appearing. Did you wake up this morning saying, oh, even so, come, Lord Jesus? Or are you saying, you know, Lord, life's pretty good right now, and if you delay for a few more days, maybe a few more weeks, even a few more years, that's all right with me because I'm having a pretty good time here. Or would you rather be with Jesus than anybody, anywhere, anytime? Do you love His appearing? Uh, just a little, little pop quiz here. Might have wakened a few of us up this morning. It's convicting to me as much as it is to you. C.S. Lewis said, every Christian would agree that a man's spiritual health is exactly proportional to his love for God. And that's important for us to understand as we're 
We're asking God to give us a second chance. He's saying, okay, obey me, love me. Thirdly, serve me, serve Jesus and others. Let's go back to verses 15 through 17 in this exchange between Peter and Jesus. And every time Jesus asks Peter, do you love me? And Peter responds, Jesus returns with this. Okay, then feed my lambs, verse 15. Then tend my sheep, verse 16. Then feed my sheep, verse 17. Jesus declared, I am the good shepherd and I am the door of the sheep. And the shepherding imagery is all throughout the pages of Scripture. He's not the good CEO. No, he's the good shepherd. And shepherding is kind of messy business. And there's nothing glamorous about shepherding. You know, David became the king of Israel, but he, he learned how to be king by tending to his father's sheep. And there are a lot of people in the Christian life that are looking for something glamorous, not glorious. There's nothing glamorous about following Jesus. Don't, don't be mistaken by that. But there is something glorious. Mother Teresa of Calcutta said, the glory of God shines brightest in places the world doesn't call glamorous. And she's exactly right. In the filthy back alleys and places of Calcutta where she served Jesus Christ for all those, there's nothing glamorous about that. And before the world ever discovered who Mother Teresa was, she and her sisters served the Lord in a very unglamorous place, but it glorified the Father in heaven. Uh, the church today needs fewer celebrities and more servant leaders, servant leaders who will feed the sheep. Mark 10 and verse 45, Jesus says, the Son of Man came to serve and not to be served. I mean, imagine that. Uh, this is the Son of Man, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, the creator of heaven and earth, the second member of the Trinity, the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, all of that. And he descends to planet earth to serve, to serve. Whatever second chance God is giving you or giving me, it has something to do with serving him, laying aside every desire within us to be a celebrity for Jesus and just be his servant leader as we serve him and serve others. I, I, I think Peter got this. Uh, Peter got an A-plus on this section. At least he, he learned the lesson well because later in First and Second Peter, those two epistles that he wrote, in First Peter chapter 5, he's writing to church leaders and he says, shepherd the flock of God. Shepherd the flock of God. It's not glamorous work, but it's glorious work. Uh, don't strive to be a celebrity. Be a servant leader. Serve in those places where nobody notices but heaven, and God will make sure that you get rewarded for that service. Whatever the world applauds you on, heaven is probably silent on. Uh, whatever award ceremony, you know, you, as Jesus often said, you, you, you have your reward. If you're looking for the applause of men, the applause of heaven probably won't be there if that's your motivation. Serve Jesus and serve others. And then finally, we're talking about this second chance. We obey Jesus, we love him, we serve him and others, and finally we follow Jesus.
We'll be right back with more of today's Something Good Radio message from Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Well, we're living in a very unique time in world history, and we're grateful to see God using Something Good Radio like never before. And as you're able to support the ministry this month, we want to say thank you with a special gift of our own. The complete audio download to the series you're hearing now, Believe the Miracles of Jesus. That's Believe the Miracles of Jesus, a nine-message series from Dr. Ron Jones. And for a limited time, our gift to you for your gift to Something Good Radio. Give online at somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. You can also call our offices at 757-276-1099. And now let's join Ron for the rest of today's Something Good Radio message, The Second Chance Miracle. Let's pick it up in verse 18. Jesus says to Peter, truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted, but when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God, and after saying this, Jesus said to Peter, follow me. Verse 20, Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them, and uh, the one who also had leaned back against him during the supper and had said, Lord, who is that that is going to betray you? This is John speaking of himself in the third person again. When Peter saw John, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? And Jesus said to him, if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. And so the saying spread among the brothers that this disciple was not to die, yet Jesus did not say to him that he was not to die, but if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? What's going on here? Well, twice in these verses, Jesus says to Peter, follow me. Familiar words, aren't they? Follow me. And they are the essence of what it means to be a disciple. A disciple is a follower of Jesus. We're always looking for leaders in the church. The best leaders in the church are first followers of Jesus. They follow Jesus. There aren't many conferences out there teaching you how to be a good follower. Everybody wants to be a leader. Well, in the church, it just kind of works the opposite way. Good leaders are the best followers of Jesus. And Jesus is uh, reinstating Peter. He's restoring him. He's giving him a second chance to be a fisher of men, but you're going to have to obey me, Peter. You're going to have to love me. You're going to have to serve me. And Peter, above all else, you're going to have to follow me. Now, how do we do that? Let me suggest just two ways in closing. Number one, by humbly laying down your life for Jesus. In verses 18 and 19, uh, Jesus prophesies, he predicts Peter's own death. He's saying to Peter, Peter, if you follow me, I guarantee you this, you're going to die a martyr's death because of your, your commitment to me. And some might say, well, wow, that's, that's not very exciting. That's not very thrilling. That's, that's not what I signed up for. Eusebius, the historian, tells us uh, that Peter did die a martyr's death. Tradition tells us that all of the disciples did. Eusebius tells us that Peter died by crucifixion because he followed Jesus to the end of his life. And Eusebius tells us that 
When Peter was being crucified, as they took him out to be crucified, he asked to be crucified upside down in honor of his Lord Jesus Christ. He didn't want to be crucified the same way. He didn't think he was worthy of it. But by humbly laying down your life for Jesus. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 24. He says, if anyone wants to come after me, let him deny himself daily and take up his cross and follow me. You know how the world and, 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 and much of Christianity wants to reinterpret that? Uh, yeah, if you want to follow after Jesus, don't deny yourself. No, indulge yourself. Even promote yourself. And don't take up your cross. Come on, take up your jacuzzi and follow me. It's what J.I. Packer, the theologian, calls hot tub religion. And we've got a lot of it going on in the church today. People who are more interested in the benefits that Jesus gives them than of the hard road of discipleship that involves denying yourself daily and taking up your cross and following Him. For too long, we've been dangling the benefits of Christianity in front of people to get people in the pews and in the seats. You know, come to Jesus, come to church, and He'll make you healthy, He'll make you wealthy. He'll do all. Listen, that, that's a false gospel. It is a false gospel. You don't get the benefits of Jesus unless you follow Him. Denying yourself daily, taking up your cross, and following Him. If you're more interested in hot tub religion, you're going to be sorely disappointed on Judgment Day. So you humbly lay down your life for Jesus. That's how you follow Him. And then secondly, you follow Him by not comparing yourself to others. And this is the trap that Peter fell into. While Jesus is talking about this gruesome death by which Peter is going to die, Peter turns and says, but Jesus, what about John? What's going to happen to John? And Peter just looks at him and basically says, you don't worry about John. Whatever happens to John is between me and John. Peter, you follow me. You just, you just keep your eyes right here. Don't look to the right. Don't look to the left. Don't compare yourself to other people and wonder why you're going through a hard time and somebody else who claims the name of Jesus isn't. First of all, you don't know if they're going through a hard time or not. But when we get into the comparison game, and it's so easy to fall into, Peter slipped into it. What about John? Look at what you gave John. What are you going to do for John? Reminds me of Paul's word to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12. You know, the Corinthian church was a really messed up church, a lot of immaturity in that church, and there were people that were comparing the apostle Paul to other Oh, circuit speakers who are just master, masters of communication and oratorical rhetoric and all of that. You know, Paul, you're not like that. In fact, you're kind of short and a little bit stubby and, you know, a little grouchy at times, and you write these hard letters, and you're not very impressive. Paul responded to that by saying in verse 12 of chapter 10, 2 Corinthians, not that we dare to classify or compare ourselves with some of those who are commending themselves, but when they measure themselves by one another and compare themselves with one another, they are without understanding. Paul says, I'm not even going to slide into that silly game of comparing myself to one another. But our whole culture is built on that, you know, keeping up with the Joneses or the Smiths or the Browns or whoever you're keeping up with. Who cares, right? You Follow me, Jesus says. 
You want that second chance? Follow me, serve me and serve others, love me, obey me, be willing to do what I ask you to do, and I'll give you a second chance and a third chance and a fourth chance. I'll, I'll take you to places you never imagined, never dreamed, if you just do these simple things. And friends, if he'll do it for Peter, he'll do it for every one of us. And that's the encouraging thing today. That's the good news. Uh, if he needs to perform a miracle to get our attention, he'll do that too. But not so that we can, you know, get the benefits from Jesus. He, he just says, follow me, serve me, love me, obey me. And let me sit in the driver's seat and take you to places you never dreamed of. Thanks so much for joining us for today's Something Good message, The Second Chance Miracle. Ron, today marks the end of your great series on the eight miracles of Jesus as recorded in the Gospel of John. Before we move on to our next series, any final thoughts on the one you've just completed? I sure do, Brian, and thanks for asking. You know, early in this series, I said that all of these miracles had a single purpose, that being John was demonstrating through these eight miracles that Jesus was the Messiah the only begotten Son of God and the only name by which people can be saved. But one of the sort of under-the-radar things I've noticed about Jesus is this. Throughout the Gospel of John and, and really throughout Christ's entire ministry, he showed so much patience and understanding, uh, both to his disciples and to everyone in whom he came in contact. And of course, today we see how he was patient and kind to Peter, who denied him three times. Now, this is the Jesus everyone needs to get to know, the patient, kind, loving Savior of the world. Uh, that's not the sum total of who he is, but boy, that's a good part of him to get to know, isn't it? Uh, yes, he does the miraculous. Yes, he, he did things no one else has done before or since. Uh, yes, his teaching was more profound than anything the world has ever heard. But the greatest of his gifts, uh, the true testament of his power and majesty, is his love. And for those who do not yet know him or believe in him, just know this. He's not angry with you. He's not looking to destroy you. He doesn't hate you. He, he loves you, and he will be patient with you and keep teaching you so that you have every opportunity to come to faith in him. And if you're in a dark place, he will lead you to the light. Uh, nothing in this world, nothing outside of this world will keep him from loving you, not even your own mistakes. Uh, this is the Jesus I know, and this is the Jesus I want everyone to know. Uh, of, of course, there's a, another side to this in the sense that uh, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Every time we come face to face with Jesus and the gospel message, there's a sense of urgency. Uh, so having said all that I just said, I, I want to encourage you not to presume upon his patience and kindness and understanding, but come to faith in Jesus today. Today is the day of salvation. His love knows no limits. His mercy endures forever. Blessed be His holy name. Thanks so much, Ron, for those final thoughts on your series, Believe the Miracles of Jesus. And Ron, before we go, let's talk about your next series, Standing Strong, which starts tomorrow right here on Something Good Radio. Well, Brian, I have a singular purpose for the series, and the title pretty much gives it away. I want to help us stand strong in our faith. And I'll take us to the Old Testament book of Daniel to help us get there. This series titled Standing Strong focuses on the first six chapters of the book of Daniel. 
Now, 2,000 years ago, Jesus was praying and he said, Father, I gave them your word, but the world hates them. He used that exact expression, the world hates them. And this is still true today. The world hates Jesus and by extension, the world hates his followers. So the question is, how can we be in the world but not of the world? How can we stand strong in our faith, particularly in a godless culture like ours here at home and in many other places all over the world? That's where we're headed for the next couple of weeks or so. And I believe God will help us find some wisdom about how to be a light in an ever-darkening world. And like Daniel, how to stand strong in our faith. That's tomorrow when Dr. Ron Jones shares his message, Standing Strong in a Godless Culture. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis. Thanks for listening.